Welcome to the rewrap for Monday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. And this morning, uh, our COVID response versus, well, Australia's basically. Uh, how's it looking? Um, the international shipping delays, are they getting sorted? And what, what are the most important things to carry around in your car? But before any of that, um, no Jacinda Ardern on the show today. Here's Mike with the explanation. Now, the Prime Minister has not been on the programme this morning, and there is a reason for that. She is running for the hills. She no longer wants to be on this program each week. Uh, the somewhat tragic conclusion that is drawn is that the question she gets, the demand for a level of accountability, is a little bit tough. So officially her office will tell you they are rearranging the media schedule this year and maintaining the same number of interviews. This appears uh, not to be true. By way of background, this has been coming for most of the year. They originally rang us and told us this well over a month ago, but various developments, mainly COVID-related, made an appearance here in necessity. At the time we got the call and the line about rearranging, uh, yet not reducing media commitments, we obviously asked who was replacing us. Uh, we're still awaiting the reply despite asking, re-asking, and asking again. And the reason we are still waiting is because no one's replacing it. They know it. We know it. They are just over being held to account, basically. Now, without being too unkind to some of the other players in this market, the reality is the Prime Minister enjoys a more cordial and compliant relationship with them. The questions are more softball. Uh, she favours a more benign pitch where the delivery can be dispatched to the boundary more readily with no obvious chance of an appeal. So to be honest, I'm pleased. Uh, the management here, not quite as much. They argue accountability is important, and they're right. They are right. But what I argue is the Prime Minister's a lightweight at answering tough questions. I mean, the number of times she's fronted on this programme with no knowledge around the questions I'm asking is frightening. Reports I'd read, she hadn't. The time I asked whether they were replacing the Tauranga City Council, she replied they didn't do such things, clearly not having the slightest clue. They were in a month or so going to do exactly that. Those occasions are too many to be comfortable. And then your reaction. The two most oft-used lines post-interview are, one, what was the point of that? And two, I don't know why you bother. The reality is too often it's just noise, it's waffle, it's stalling, it's filling, it's obfuscation. It's a, it's a tricky scenario. She should be up for it. Of course she should. Any PM should be up for it. As a publicly elected official, you ask to be held to account. So it stands to reason you at least put yourself up, even if you don't necessarily enjoy it, or at times struggle with the complexity or detail of the question line. And it speaks to a lack of backbone that she would want to bail and run. It also speaks to an increasingly apparent trait. They don't handle pressure well. Last week was a very good display of that, of course. They say they're willing to front on an issue-by-issue -issue basis, so she isn't gone forever. As for the weekly bit, personally, I lose no sleep. I'm just a bit disappointed. She isn't a more robust operator, keener to defend her corner. After all, it's our country she's in charge. Yeah, um... But my major issue with no Jacinda Ardern, uh, like normally we talk to her for about eight minutes or so, and that's just more time Mike's probably going to use to talk himself. And I feel like he gets enough show already. And maybe, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying there's a lot of people saying there's, there should be more Glenn ZB on the show, but one or two. And some of those people aren't even related directly to me. Um... Uh, yeah, one of the things we would have been asking Jacinda Ardern about this morning is the COVID-19 response, of course. So Mike just gets free reign, doesn't he? Friday afternoon, right? Friday afternoon, the tale of two Prime Ministers. Four o'clock, our Prime Minister, 
announces we're still in lockdown in Auckland Level 2, not Level 3, but ask any event organiser how that feels, the rest of the country back to Level 1. No one disagrees, this is the messiest of the lockdowns, there has been acrimony, complaint, narking, general frustration that a year on we're still doing this, but the Prime Minister does not back down, does not apologise, in fact with a grand total of no cases, announces she'd do it all over again exactly the same way. An hour earlier, 3pm, Scott Morrison leaves his National Cabinet meeting, announces a migrant worker hub so they can bring more labour into the country. He announces the significant expansion of an MIQ facility so they can bring more Australians home. He praises the medics, who that morning started rolling out the AstraZeneca jab in South Australia, then announces that the CSL, the government-owned medical facility, will in two weeks have produced a million doses of the vaccine. He also talked of the economic news of the week and generally spoke of Australia being the best performer in the world. The last part, of course, what you would expect him to say, but the earlier bits are indeed fact, you can't argue with them. So... The tale of two Prime Ministers. One is expanding migrant worker numbers. We aren't. One is expanding MIQ. We aren't. One has started their AstraZeneca program. We haven't. In fact, we haven't even cleared it, far less got any. One is producing a million doses. We aren't. So what that shows is we are not at the front of the queue, and indeed never were. And much more importantly, we most certainly are not in lockstep with Australia, as so frequently claimed. Eventually, the frustration we have seen this last week over lockdown will pervade the overall performance debate. As the contrast grows greater, as the vaccination passports get handed out in Australia, more here will ask why we haven't even started a vaccine campaign to the wider public. The excuse we've used, that we don't need to because we haven't had COVID, will be exposed for the lie it is. The same sort of lie about being in lockstep or indeed at the head of the queue. Australia's always been our greatest friend, ally and unfortunately repository for talent and labour, the latter because they're aspirational and they're appealing. If our Prime Minister thinks her approach, a year old and increasingly fragmented, creaky and disliked as the way forward, the numbers both economically and through migration will in time expose that thinking for the dishonest, superficial nonsense that they are. In two hours on a Friday, you saw the stark contrast of what we are versus what we could be. My my feeling with Mike is that he hasn't got a clear idea of how hated Scott Morrison is in Australia by many people. The people who don't like him really, really don't like him, and that doesn't seem to come across with the mostly uh, Murdoch-owned news outlets. He seems to be consuming his uh, Scott Morrison content via. I might be wrong about that. Um, Maybe he's waiting for some other um, sources of news, uh, but they're coming on a ship, so they might not be here yet. I think I've got some good news around uh, if you're one of those people who's found that you can't get stuff on the shelves anymore or you're short of this and you order that and it doesn't arrive for months on end. Uh, What I found out over the week, I didn't realise a lot of people in America, especially resorting to air freight, and when I say people, I mean importers, not necessarily retail operators, but importers, there's been a 400% increase. In air cargo, people have just given up on putting stuff on ships. And part of the problems, I mean, it's many, it's, it's a myriad of problems. You've got container issues right around the world. Uh, you've got shipping issues right around the world. In America, only 5% of longshore workers have received the vaccination. You've got that particular problem here in New Zealand, one of our main ports, Auckland, of course, seems to have had a twofold problem. You've got the shipping slash container issue, but you've also had a shortage of workers and they couldn't get workers for love nor money. So they tell us over the weekend that they reckon they're going to be back to normal by April. So they've been unable to cash in on the COVID-triggered global freight boom, which, of course, hit their bottom line. Their result came out late last week, and it was abysmal. 
so they've got some explaining to do, particularly to the council that owns them. Uh, but then they had staff problems, so hopefully they've been able to get some people in. Four key recruited drivers arrived in the country. These are the people we had to bring in. The government would have been telling them to hire locally, and of course there's no one locally with the skills. Finally, they've got four in, and by the second half of April, they reckon Auckland, uh, Auckland Port, and this is applicable for the whole country, of course, given the size of the port and its influence, uh, things are going to be back to normal and not a moment too soon. I've been waiting for a package to come from Sydney and it got picked up straight away and then it's been sitting at International Departures in Sydney. And it's not coming by ship, it's coming on a plane. I'm pretty sure it's coming on a plane. Uh, But it's been sitting there... uh, Last update, it says 26th of February. Should I be worried? Am I ever going to see that thing? Maybe I didn't need it anyway. Um, what are the things that you do need in your car? Trending now on the Mike Hosking Breakfast. So we start the week, Reddit question this morning, what's something you should always keep in your car? The answer's obviously a vacuum, uh, but not everyone agrees with me. Uh, money. I always keep a $20 bill hidden in my car in case I need to buy food, water, gas. But what about a wallet? You ever think about a wallet? Just carry a wallet with you. It's not that hard. Uh, shoes. This shows you how weird people are. Shoes. You never know when you have to run. Are you not driving with shoes on? Uh, scissors to cut the seatbelt in case you ever get trapped. Lint roller. If you're going out, you realise you've got pet hair, nice clothes. Lint roller. So that's what just one step down from the vacuum, really, isn't it's, it? It's pretty much a portable vacuum. Yeah. Super, super portable yeah, vacuum. So, yeah, so, okay, we'll give that person well, marks. Very, very good person. A get-home bag. Enough supplies for a two-day trek back home if something goes really wrong. Why are you two days away from right, home? That'll be an EV driver, I presume. <laughs> Why has no one listed jumper cables here? Very, very good point. Oh, good news at our place over the weekend. Uh, one of the kids' cars got taken out. So I've got my car space back. And one of the kids bought another car but left their old car at our place. Isn't it always the way? And, of course, because they left it at that car at our place for so long, what did it need? It needed a jump. Finally, they got around to getting it out of the thing before um, before I booted it out and got it towed and sent to the wreckers yard. So that's gone, which, um, you know what happens when you've got a new spare car space. Time for a new car. That's exactly what I said. I said, what's the point? And... And a new vacuum. I said, what's the point of having a car space if you can't fill it with a car? And possibly even a new lint roller. And a new lint roller and a new vacuum were set to go. Where's the, where, where, where can you argue with the logic of that? Now, I'd stop short of the vacuum, but I do think that you should at least have a box of tissues in the car um, for, you know, they're quite versatile tissues. Um, I mean, obviously... There's, there's nose incidents. Um, sometimes I start bleeding spontaneously from different bits of myself. So that's always useful to be able to clean that up instantly. And, and then, of course, there's your food and drink spillages. Not to mention, um, um, you know, if you don't have somewhere to put rubbish, sometimes people come into the car and create rubbish for some reason. I don't know why. So, yeah, tissues are way up there. Mints. Breath mints often get bad breath in the car. I think because you're in close quarters with somebody that um, you'll get told that your breath's got bad all of a sudden. When I say somebody, I think we all know who, we're, who I'm talking about. Those would be my ones. Not quite as exciting as vacuum cleaners. I'm Glenn ZFB. Uh, that was the rewrap. We'll be back with more helpful advice like that tomorrow. See you then.